broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good? What's good? What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. Say a little prayer for my Lakers, who will go into hibernation, thankfully. I didn't want them to make the playoffs, Devon Cotton. Oh, don't say that again. I just, you you, you guys, didn't want them to. You guys were breaking. Yeah, they, they, they didn't deserve to go to the playoffs this year. And it would have been a waste. Because now is the time to figure out solutions for the Raiders. I'm not one of those. Everyone's going to take their pot shots. It's cool. I get it. I understand it. Um, the oh, Lakers. I was having fun. I was in a spaces last night. I don't know if you. I don't know if you've ever been in, joined a Twitter space, but it was. Ju- I was just in one. It was about two thousand Laker fans, and it was just angry ranting. And I was loving every minute of it. <laughs> of just man, they suck. I don't want to hear about Westbrook anymore. He's the problem. Ooh. Everybody that said he'd get his three point shot together, you look stupid now. <laughs> you know, and and I'm, I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan. L.A. guy, UCLA. Um, just a fierce competitor. But you watch him on a daily basis, and what you realize is maybe it's just this point in his career. Maybe he's always been like this, Damon. And we're going to get to the Raiders, obviously. But uh, you guys are talking basketball, so you got me on the basketball kick uh, coming into the show today um, as, as Unnecessary Roughness uh, finished up. And baseball, by the way, which starts tomorrow. Um, inefficient. He's an inefficient basketball player. When you look at Russell Westbrook, uh, Devon, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like he's he's just he's not a great shooter. Are you? He's not a great uh, he's not a great sh- shooter. He could score, but he's not a he's not a shooter. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. there's an inefficiency issue with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, right? he's not the guy. His biggest problem is he's not the guy anymore. And no, was one, he ever? What do you mean? The, he's a former MVP. Maybe I know not that. A shooter, I know that. But I mean, but... like, yo, has he ever been like Steph Curry? No, right. But he, but he has been like he's made some clutch threes yes. in his career. But I'm saying that I don't think anyone has the heart to tell him. I'm not saying that people are afraid of him, but I think that happens with a lot of great players when people they don't, a... when they don't. He doesn't have that. Um, that he's not humble enough. He doesn't have that humility to say he's been hey, traded I'm three not... times now. Yes, but he's that's still the heart. Every... That's the heart you're talking about. Like Russell, it was great knowing you, but we got to get rid of yeah, him. Yeah, but everywhere he's gone, he's still been able to contribute. Let's say Houston. They thought they were finals contender. Washington, you can say, hey, this is a bad team, and he knew it was a bad team, but he still led that bad team. He was a culture guy. Show these young guys what it's like to be a pro. He was that guy in Washington. But I feel like this has been the stop where someone should have said to him, we know you make $44 million a year, but you're not Russell Westbrook from the MVP season. Yeah, But in his mind, he still plays and conducts himself like, I'm Russell Westbrook. MVP. Right. And, you know, we're going to, I just want to talk about this real quick because that's not what the Lakers needed. I mean, obviously they had injuries and all that kind of good stuff, but, um, and that, that definitely contributed to, to where they are. But I think they needed a third wheel that was a high level third wheel, but not a third wheel that wanted to be still kind of a, 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 a number one wheel. It just didn't work. Uh, they'll figure out a solution and, and 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 be back. I think next year. Uh, here's the question, though: LeBron James is due a two-year, ninety-seven million dollar contract extension. If you're the Lakers, do you do that? LeBron? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would too. Because I, I figure they'll work, find somebody that's going to make it work. You can work around LeBron. I think their biggest issue would be: Is LeBron going to leave them? Not yeah. Um, because if LeBron leaves them, 
Oh, then they're back at square square one. Right. They're back on the ground floor, starting over again. Here's why I think LeBron stays. I think LeBron understands in his heart of hearts that he contributed to this. He was the biggest advocate for Russell Westbrook. I think there's there were some other people in that organization that wanted a DeMar DeRozan or maybe going in that direction. Oh, Magic Johnson, that was a bunch of boo. That no, was no, a no, bunch no. Of I'm talking about people that are in there, like Kurt Rambis, um, Jeannie Buss. I, I think there were some people in the organization just hearing some scuttlebutt that that didn't weren't really sold on Russell Westbrook. But I think LeBron... And they deferred to him in in this case, and it and it backfired obviously. But if you're LeBron James, I think that if you were to turn your back now and go someplace else, that's going to be hanging over your head. I, I have a feeling that LeBron James wants to make this thing right again, um, and so for that reason, I think he's gonna he's gonna stay. My question is, also though, what about Anthony Davis? Get rid of him. I, I'm not saying for what. See what his trade value is like. I love Anthony Davis. He's You've a spectacular player. He's hurt all the time. Exactly. That's so see what his trade value is. Maybe someone else out there thinks that they can get him. I don't know how much power that LeBron and Clutch have over the organization. And I know that you would want to keep LeBron because, hey, if you let him go, you're going to get nothing for him. But maybe the Lakers just need to tell LeBron, hey, man, we saw you flirting with Cleveland during the All-Star break. How about you just go back home, King? Ah, well... Um, that could that, that that could happen. And by the way, what other teams didn't make the playoffs this year? I don't know. What do you? Is there a trap that you're trying to set me into? <laughs> of course, am I always. Missing, am I missing someone? Always, because everyone who didn't make the playoffs did not deserve to be in the playoffs. There is no team where it's just hey, they're just like the Lakers too, right? No, no. that that and uh, this is this go great or bad. The Lakers are always copy. The Lakers are always. A talker. The, the, people love to talk about the Lakers, whether they're great or bad, whatever. That's their. That's how big they are, and they're going to still c- watch. They'll dominate kind of the offseason, especially uh, what LeBron's going to do and how they're going to fix it around him, what they're going to do with Russell Westbrook, what's the decision on Anthony Davis. Uh, there's a lot to sort out. I don't think the coach is back. I think Rob Palenka is out, um, and we'll see. We'll see what they, what they end up doing. But getting back to the NFL and to the Raiders, Devon Cotton, another day. And we talked about this yesterday as it relates to one Darren Waller. Stephon Diggs, remember him? Oh, yeah. A guy that Transformed was, Josh Allen's career. A, a guy that, uh, yeah, th- th- that's the case where two guys met at the right exact time because Josh Allen is great, Stephon's great, it works great together, and I think that uh, he's definitely helped Josh get to a new level. I don't think Josh is going to deviate from that level um, anytime soon, but to make sure that that's not going to ever happen or that they don't have – on unhappy Stefan um, uh, Diggs, which could have been possible had the Bills forced him to basically go into these next couple of years and play under the current contract or, or what was is now uh, the the previous contract, they decided to tear it up and reward him in a way that puts him back up with his peers, his statistical peers. Stefan Diggs is now getting paid accordingly and rightfully after the wide receiver market has just exploded thanks to Devontae Adams and the Raiders and then Tyreek Hill, now Stephon Diggs. Um, It just goes round and around and around. But the Bills tore up Diggs' contract. They understand the window that they are sitting in right now, and they don't want anything to disrupt that. I get it, and I understand it. But let's bring it back to the Raiders here because I think the Raiders have a similar decision to make with Darren Waller. Devon. No, but I don't think that they need to do it just yet. Well, here's the thing. Stephon Diggs had two years left on his contract. 
Darren Waller has two years left on his contract. And both are similar age, 29, 30. Both, I think, mean – would you say about the same to, to, each, to, to their teams? No, I think that Stephon Diggs means a lot more. A lot more? Yes. Mm. We, saw, we saw last season that Derek Carr, that the Raiders, not just Derek Carr, this team was able to make the playoffs – during Bear, the stretch, the, during not a, offensively though, but, uh, defensively but they during the stretch of games they needed him and they were still able to win without with a, him. Yes, but it would have been a whole lot easier with him because remember the but, offense was struggling. I know, yeah, but I know. we see the proof that they were. I, able I, I to thought make- we saw the proof in the other way. I thought I thought him not being in there showed how much they really need him because with a good defense and a good offense they're skating to wins right there. So I see it a little bit reversed. Like when he left, boy, that offense went down the drain. And everyone was putting that on Derek Carr, and he had a role in it as well. But when you think about it, not having Darren Waller on the field, and obviously uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Henry Ruggs not being there hurt too. But, I, but yes, they could win without him, but it sure is harder to win without him. Now when you think about he and Devontae Adams and how powerful that can be, and also the, the, if, if something were to happen to Devontae Adams, you still have – a guy like Darren Waller. If something were to happen to De- Devonte or Darren Waller, you still have a guy like Devonte Adams. It's nice to have that tandem like that, and I think that they need to keep that in place. And I think they need to do it in a way that makes Darren Waller happy. So what I'm saying is the Buffalo Bills didn't have to do squat with Stephon Diggs. Okay, but also you've mentioned who's more important, or like they're equally on the same footing with their teams. If Stephon Diggs goes down, who's Buffalo's number two option? Uh, who are their wide they, they, they That's my point. I don't know Buffalo's offense off the top of my uh, Cole Beasley. I don't. They have not mm-hmm. resigned him. So no. and he was. They've he got was, a couple. Of, who's there's 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 no. There's not a Devonte Adams. Let's put yes, it that way. There isn't a Hunter Renfro. Buffalo does not have a number two option that us as people who do not follow Buffalo that closely, even though this was an AFC contender last season. We don't know who their number two option is, so that's why I'm saying that he is more valuable and more important to the Buffalo Bills okay. offense than Darren Waller is to the Raiders. Now, let's also put into context this, too. Darren Waller won't be making that kind of money. It would be more along the lines of what a a, a, a good, great tight end makes, and it's not even close, really, to what the wide receivers make. So we have to put that into it. Yes, to me, he's... Um, he's an important part of this team, an extremely important part of this team, I'll, I'll say. I don't know if he's as important as Stephon Diggs. Probably not when you put it into that context. However, not having him, I think, sets the Raiders back while having him makes this a magical type of an offense, like a as explosive type of an offense as you can find uh, in the NFL. And I just don't think that you change that up or disrupt it. But the question is, because you can also add Hunter Renfro into that conversation, you also help, uh, uh, put Derek Carr into that conversation. These three players, whatever you want to say about where they rank in terms of their importance, would you agree with me this? All three have pretty much put themselves in a position where they deserve pay raises. Yes. Right. So how do you do that? And what is it going to look like? And how much would that be for a Derek Carr? How much should that be for a Darren Waller? Uh, how much will that be for a Hunter Renfro? And should the Raiders do it sooner rather than later? And just put it in a place where everybody is content, everybody's happy, everybody's ready to go. There's nothing hanging over anybody's head. I think there's something to be said about peace of mind 
getting your players to a right place where don't worry about anything. Now just go focus on playing. You've got the money. We rewarded you. You earned it. You deserved it. We gave it to you. Go focus on playing football. I think at this point, where the Raiders are right now, that is, you know, hugely important. However, it's also there's also a team aspect to this and an organizational aspect to this. And when we're in Florida, I asked Dave Ziegler, when you're looking at the quarterback market, where that is going, does that how much does that play into what you're thinking about in terms of Derek Carr? And you can also now bring up the wide receiver market and also just the weapon market because I put Darren Waller in a weapon category. I know he's a tight end, but he's also it's it's where that he lines up, how he's utilized. It's more like a receiver than a tight end. So how much would the Raiders be paying attention to what's going on in and around them when they're thinking about a Darren Waller? But here's Dave Ziegler talking about the quarterback market. Yeah, I mean it's like it's it's an important part. I mean there's a there's an aspect that's important to that because you have to understand like just you know, right? You go to buy a house in a certain neighborhood, like there's the cost of living, right. right, in that neighborhood. And so that's just it's the same with football. Like every position, there's a market to it. And there's a there's a um, there's a cost associated with being at different levels. Um, you know, within within that within that within the quarter within the quarterback group, within the receiver group, within the O line group, whatever it is, and so like market values are obviously are important to any negotiation, whether it's again, no matter what the line of work is, right? That, yeah. That's that's going to be a part of it. So you have to you have to know what they are. Um, you know, they always dictate what you do, not necessarily, um, but there are markers out there. Markers out there. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. We see some markers now. Obviously, the Raiders took care of Devontae Adams, who went from the highest paid wide receiver, Devon Cotton, to, what is he, third now, I think? He gets um, third by a good amount, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have to look at the guaranteed money. That's that's really what we're all talking about. Stephon Diggs, just like, I don't think that um, Devontae Adams gets the last two years of his contract. And if he does... It'll be restructured and in a way that is kind of reflective. Just look at the guaranteed money. I think that Stefan made what seventy. 70? Yes, it's seventy-two for Tariq, seventy for, for Stefan Diggs, and sixty-four. 60, sixty-four or sixty-seven? Oh, oh I think I saw that's, sixty-four. That's, okay, I'll, I'll look at it again. I thought it was sixty-seven for. Um, yeah, I think it was sixty-seven million for uh, for for. Uh, Devonte Adams. So that's what you're looking at, and and that changes the complexion again of the wide receivers, which I think is, I think that the NFL now is showing you really how important that wide receiver one truly, truly is. And um, you know, when 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 you look at what Devonte Adams means to his team, you look at Tyree Kill, what he's going to mean to Miami Dolphins, and and why I think that. Kansas City took a little bit of a, a, a step back. Got something? Yes, total guaranteed money amongst wide receivers. This is a graphic from PFF. Tariq Hill, 72.2 million. Stephon Diggs, 70 million. Devontae Adams, 65.6. 65, okay. Michael Thomas, number four, 60.5. And DeAndre Hopkins, who set the market, is now at $60 million total guaranteed. And, and how far is he in, uh, uh, DeAndre? DeAndre's like two years now. I want to say two years into the Starting to knock on some doors, uh, but but yeah, it just keeps going higher and higher and higher. And I'll ask you this, Damon. Um, I think it's worth it. I think wide receivers have shown how important they are now in today's game. Not just wide receivers, but like pass catchers, game changing, dynamic weapons at wide receiver. Those don't grow on trees, but the Devonte Adams, the Lamar, Jamar Chases, the Justin Jeffersons, those type of guys are different, and they're starting to get paid accordingly. 
Yes, where I think where we see where the NFL is going, the running back doesn't get paid as much anymore. You know, the fullback position is absolute, obsolete. So that that means that some positions are going to get paid higher. We saw this, let's say, last decade with defensive end, where that became the premier. Still is, yep. Spin, yes, but now wide receiver is now becoming that premium position where you've got to spin to have that top guy. The market is dictating that if you have a top talent game-changing wide receiver you have to pay him accordingly yeah uh there's no there's no question about it heck even in the super bowl um odell beckham goes down and the rams changed you know and and odell was still kind of getting to know everybody but he along with cooper cup in that in that super bowl it looked like they were going to run away with it and then all of a sudden he goes down and the rams offense kind of stagnated a little bit and they had to figure out a different way we saw that i didn't i wouldn't put henry ruggs in a you know Top tier wide receiver, uh, you know, uh, he was maybe headed there, but when he went out and then Darren Waller went out, the whole offense changed for the Raiders. And I'll say this too, I, when I look at Darren Waller, I know his position says tight end, but man, he's more to me than a tight end. He's a guy that's just a huge weapon. He's one of those types of guys to me, like a Jamar Chase, like a um, you know Justin uh, Jefferson, like a Devonte Adams. Am I wrong on thinking that? Oh, no, you're not wrong, but sometimes when it does come into negotiating for the players where it's like, oh, look at where I lined up at most, I don't think that he's in that Kelsey realm because I feel like most of for Kelsey, you can say, hey, he's lining up as their X receiver in that Chiefs offense. I do think that the Raiders use him more as a tight end as opposed to a receiver. So I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but yeah. I do think that they use him more as a tight end than a receiver, let's say, as the Chiefs that use Kelsey. Like He is their X option to me in their offense. Well, yes, and uh, especially because Tyreek Hill wasn't necessarily that guy either. You know what I'm saying? Like he was – that's why – But you can afford that flexibility because Kelsey's that yes, guy. but I also think that Waller is a guy that can line up anywhere. He can line up in the slot. He can line up at that X and has. He can line up in line. He can line up, you know, uh, wide out. There's a lot of different things that you can do uh, with him. It's almost – to use a basketball terminology, it's almost like a positionless type of a deal when you're talking about some of those wide receivers and some of those weapons. You're trying to get guys in space. You're trying to create great matchups, um, you know, favorable matchups. And I just, I think, you know, maybe the Raiders will say, "Hey, look, we want to see what this looks like for one year," and you know, uh, that's 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 an understandable position to take. I just wonder if you're Darren Waller. I know just me. Watching from afar, I'm putting myself in my in his shoes going, um, man, this is starting to get a little out of whack because his numbers when he's healthy is every bit are every bit as good as all of these guys that we're talking about. When Darren Waller is on the football field the last two years, when he's on the field, he produces and he produces at a high level. And I'm sure he's thinking, and it's probably one of the reasons why he changed his agent and went in a different direction. I'm sure he's thinking, especially at 30 years old, Devon, I got to cash in right now because he only has a certain uh, window left to really um, maximize his earnings. And I'm wondering, legitimately wondering, where he is right now, where his head is right now when he's looking at all these. And I'm not saying that he's selfish or anything like that. It's rightfully so to me because I'm thinking along those lines. Well, I see, like, I don't think that he should worry about it too much because he still has to go out there to perform. I know that he has been great, but he was only he only had two great seasons. So I'm not saying that he's not worth the money, but some, at, at, at a certain point, 
You have to prove that you can be a reliable player and produce and and have that production on the field. Yeah, I mean, do you have worries that he wouldn't? Well, he had this injury. Like, like he's, besides he's about the to be injuries, are injuries are a little. Well, I, that has to go in consideration when you're giving someone a deal. But he's been more often than not, he's been healthy and he's been productive in the in the. And that's my point. It's only been two seasons, two, two and a half. Two, two, three years, basically. 2019, he was fabulous. 2020, he was fabulous. 2021, he was fabulous until the last five games of the season when he got hurt. Okay, and so he that's, got that's, a new that's, deal. What's that? I'm, I, I know that players can get paid. Like, hey, if, if, if the team's offering you that money, I'm not saying that no one does not deserve money. Hey, I don't care if you're the fifth player on the bench. If they want to give you $20 million, take the $20 million. So you're are you content if you're Darren Waller right now? No, he should not be content. But I'm saying I do How not would think you that handle the it? play out this season. I'm saying, yeah, that's the point would I'm trying to make. Would is you that the try organization, to push any buttons? Right now. What do you mean pushing him? If I'm him or I'm the organization? You. you if you're him. Or would you push any buttons right now? No, right now. I don't think that he has the leverage. Is uh, he going to hold out? Huh? Maybe. Would you push those leverage? Would you? Would you? Would you? I, I saw Aaron, Aaron Donald sit out. I'm not saying that he's Aaron Donald, but I saw him push levers. I've seen players push some levers because that's all you have sometimes uh, is to say, hey, look, I'm not happy and I want to get something resolved ASAP. I'm wondering... If that's where his he, he he might be mentally, and if like if if what otherwise, oh yeah, I'll show up. Oh yeah, what what's the motivation for the Raiders to do anything? If he's just going to be, well, no worries. I'm gonna I'm just gonna doesn't matter to me. I'll just come show up. Is that everyone can't get an extension at the same time? I know we all like to say the caps made up, the caps fake. You can do whatever you want, but I don't think that in one off season you could just hey Crosby gets an extension. Cars got to Why get an the extension. Buffalo Bills do that with Stephon Diggs? Because these send the, the receiver market is what's changing. The tight end market has changed too. It's definitely changed. Since but Stephon Diggs has had three years of all pro level production. I'm comfortable Darren enough. Darren Waller has not. He's he was on his way to a third straight. He got hurt. That you can't. Sometimes that that's going to happen. But he was on his way to a third straight. Okay, so, we'll just go out and prove it again. I don't know why every player has to be, oh, someone else got paid more. Oh, well, now I need a new deal. Sometimes live up to the contract. I'm not saying that he hasn't outperformed in maybe a little bit, but sometimes it's you sign that deal, go out and play. Demond Cotton, do ne- never, ever negotiate on your own because that's just you. And there's times where I'm saying, look, at two I'm years not, ago, two years ago, yes, of course. But with the way things changed in that market for, for Darren Waller and the tight end market and his peers, I consider his peers to be Travis Kelsey and uh, the the uh, the 49ers tight end. I, those, to me, are his peers in this league. There's You could argue who the better one is. And on every on any given Sunday, either of those guys can make claim to I'm the best tight end in the league. After that, after those three, I think there's everybody else. Well, we just saw with Kansas City that you can't afford to keep everybody. They 2019, could, 90, 90 receptions. 2020, 107. Great. Yes. 2021, past season, 55 receptions. Well, yes, but, I mean, he was on pace for if you add another. I'm, I'm not talking about ifs. I'm talking about we know, got two seasons. I I I know you two you're not, good seasons. He he said yes. He had he he had a he had a good year last year until he got hurt. But he got hurt. Like it's not two like he was seasons. not performing up until that. All point. All I'm saying is we're looking at a player that's about to be 30 years old with only two great seasons of production. 
And oh, you want to be the highest paid I don't, player? You're, I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to put to myself in his head. I don't know. Maybe he does want a new deal. But I'm saying he that should want for this deal. year, go out there and play on that contract because it was a fair contract at the time. And everyone, every player, and if he wants to sit out, that's his prerogative. But every player just can't say, hey, I think I'm a little bit better than this. I'm going to sit out. All right, well, fine. I'm with you. Not every player should. But there are certain players that do have that kind of a uh, uh, cachet, do have that kind of a power. I don't think he has that cachet. That's what I'm saying. I do. I do. I think Darren Waller absolutely has a good argument to make. I mean, when you look at where he is compared to the the, the guys that he's as good as – I think he definitely has. I mean, what did we talk about? Sixteen what was it? Ten million dollars in in full guarantees, or I think sixteen million compared to like forty million dollars at similar ages that those guys got those contracts. I don't. I, I just think that, um, especially now, you mentioned the thirty years old. That's an important part of this. Like he can't keep waiting, you know. And and there's no games. He's not going to lose any games in anytime soon. But I think that if I'm here at him I'm, I'm wondering about or I'm thinking about maybe pu- you know pushing some buttons here just to be paid accordingly you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday interact with the show text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor this is in the huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM congratulations to Stefan Diggs on his new uh, contract I'm sure as we speak he's already getting his uh, Christmas card uh, mailing list updated with the names of Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill uh, on that list because there was a domino effect if there was ever a domino effect um, first Devonte Adams that forced the Kansas City Chiefs hands I will push back a little bit Devon uh, where you can't pay everybody the Kansas City Chiefs could have paid them they just decided we're gonna go in a different direction and you know uh, that was just a, a strategical move that they made not because they couldn't like physically couldn't pay him it was just the decision was we're going to figure out a different way eventually the bill comes due and you're not going to be able to keep everybody uh yeah but if you yes but if you want to keep Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey which I think they should have they could have easily done that I'm not so sure that's not a big mistake by the Kansas City Chiefs we shall see in any event um Stefan Diggs just kind of sitting there minding his own business and Murray's tweet like, what the hell is going on when he saw the Devontae Adams contract and then the Tyreek Hill contract? He had that that great tweet where it's like, what in the world's going on? And I already thought, you're going to get paid. So, uh, And that's exactly what happened. Congratulations to him. Are the Buffalo Bills the best team in the AFC right now? No. Who's the best team in the AFC? They can't. They, they, like they, we, they, 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 they. We haven't seen anybody play football with these new teams, so I feel like if we can't say, "Hey, games aren't won in March," we can't say, "Oh, well, April now." Well, we can't say that. Hey, this team's the best in April. I think the Buffalo Bills um, probably have everything that you. They, they've got. They've got an offensive line. They've got a great quarterback. They've got an arsenal of, of wide receivers. They've got a, a, a defense. You know, they they. They went to uh, Kansas City and and almost you know prevailed right there. Who knows what would happen had they gone home back home to Buffalo to play the yeah, Cincinnati Bengals? Nothing against the Bengals. I just think that the Bills are are better. Um, but here's what's great: if you're a Raider fan, for the first time in a long time, you can sit back and say, okay, maybe the Buffalo Bills technically, quote unquote, you know, have the best talent on paper. 
But you look at your team on paper, the Raiders, with the additions that they've made, with Darren Waller coming back healthy and Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and and, uh, Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr and Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, and all of a sudden you start thinking, Buffalo Bills are a really good football team, but there's no reason for the Raiders to be scared of them. Like maybe they had been, and not scared might be the, might not be the right word, but realistically, you know, in, in when you look at that, the, the 2018 Raider team, they realistically, they didn't have much of a talent chance against their competitors. They just weren't that good. There were way too many holes all over the line, all over the roster. Now it's a totally different story. So when you're talking about the Buffalo Bills and how good they look on paper, you also look on paper at the Raiders, and as Demond said, you're not playing any games right now, so it's just a it's an argument, it's fodder, it's you know um, a conversation for now. But if you were a Raider fan and you walked into a bar and there's a Buffalo Bills fan and a Kansas City Chiefs fan um, and a Cincinnati Bengals fan and a Rams fan, and we're talking about some of the best teams in the league right now, aren't we? If you're a Raider fan and you walk into that bar. You don't have to walk in quietly anymore. You don't have to say, well, if this happens and maybe if a couple guys on that team get hurt, you know, blah, blah, blah. You could walk into a bar now and say, um, and confidently say this. It's not going to be a talent issue that prevents the Raiders from doing what they want to do this year. It's going to come down to what football games come down to, and that's great, and you accept it. You move on. Whatever happens, win, lose, or draw – Football, somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose, but it's not like, boy, the Raiders got to go to Kansas City in December. Good luck with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think if, if it, obviously it, we'll see where they are health wise in December, but now I think, Devon, they could go into Kansas City and you're like, yeah, that's going to be a ball game. That's going to be one to watch, and it's going to be two good, really good teams going after it. I think the Raider fans felt like that even last season. Yeah. I think that the confidence is not shy with Raider fans. But I do think that... Well, some, there, there's that one saying, fake it till you make it. I don't think they have to fake it anymore. I don't think that they were faking it at all. I do think that Raider fans thought that last season's team was good enough to beat the Chiefs. But I understand the concept of what you're saying as if, hey, we are among the upper echelon of the AFC now when it comes to right. the Raiders. Right. You know, and, and I think that if you're a Raider fan and you think, okay, replaced Unique Ngakwe with Chandler Jones, as good as Unique is... That's an upgrade. And then Henry Ruggs with, uh, with Devontae Adams, you're like, well, now we can really say it. Is, we got Sam now? Oh, okay. Going back to uh, – we will we'll regroup. We'll be back at it. Sam Gordon is coming up from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embodidor, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. Boy, I tell you what, the AFC, um, it's like a, it's going to be a, man, the AFC West, the AFC in general, uh, the Buffalo Bills, 
you know, kept pace, uh, obviously rewarding Stefan Diggs uh, with a new contract. Uh, good for the Bills. I think it was well-deserved, especially after the market changed. Um, and, and now he's going to get paid accordingly. I'm all for that, especially when it's deserved. Uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation uh, guest line and welcome in our good friend Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal. You could read his stuff over uh, on the app Vegas Nation or just download the uh, or, or go to VegasNation.com. Check out all of uh, his stuff. Sam Gordon, um, big day for Stephon Diggs today. We're seeing more and more these wide receivers just getting paid. And I think accordingly, I think the wide receiver position, Sam, um, has just taken on such a more prestigious um, aspect to to the fo- a football team, you know, especially offensively, offensively, obviously. You got to have them, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Vinny. And, and you know, I mean, the, 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 the mantra or the saying goes, right, yesterday's price uh, is not today's price. And that's what we're seeing. Look at the teams that played in the Super Bowl. Look at Cooper Cup. I mean, almost 2,000 yards. Look at Jamar Chase, how he, he was able to change that dynamic and really help um, Joe Burrow in that whole offense get to the next level. I mean, you need premier um, you need premier talent on the perimeter. Uh, even the teams in the, in the in the championship games. I mean, you got you got a Debo Samuel out there. You got a Devontae Adams making you know on a fourteen three thirteen and four kind of team. You they're they're uh, Tyreek Hill of course on Kansas City. Travis Kelsey. You need premier pass catchers. Of course, great quarterbacks can get a lot done on their own, but they go to another level when you're playing with a premier talent. Um, like like a Stephon Diggs, so uh, you know, he, like you said, well de- well deserved, well earned. I, for my money, uh, prime of his career, twenty eight years old, one of the best um, best receivers, all around receivers in the league. He's a pristine pristine route runner. He has deep speed. Uh, he's dangerous after the catch. He, he does a lot of things that you know, quite frankly, Devonta Adams does, just not quite as big or as physical, but a lot of the same skill sets. So you would think he's going to age well as he approaches his 30s. And uh, and again, this is it's it's about it's an offensive league. Just with the way the rules are, with the way everything's pivoted, this is an offensive league, and you need firepower uh, on the perimeter. And you see teams um, addressing that, making sure of that, and taking care of that. And and again, well earned, well deserved. Uh, I hope these guys get every dollar. Uh, Sam, you know, we saw the domino effect, Devontae Adams getting uh, the contract that the Raiders gave him. Um, that set in motion what happened in Kansas City with Tyreek Hill. He ends up getting moved to the Miami Dolphins, then signs a contract that makes him the highest paid wide receiver. Then along comes Stephon Diggs, who had two years left on his contract. And the Buffalo Bills, I'm sure, after getting a couple phone calls from Stephon Diggs and his group, um, understood, hey, the right thing to do in the situation is Keep everybody happy. Keep everybody content. You got a window there where the Super Bowl is a realistic conversation. Let's go ahead and take care of Stefan and avoid any kind of problems, any kind of issues, so that this uh, ship can just keep sailing uh, ahead. And I want to bring you back to the Raiders in that regard. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Darren Waller. He's got two years left yep. on his contract. Um, he signed it at a time when... Uh, he was just kind of coming into his own, you know, and obviously wanted some security, got a little bit of security from the Raiders toward the end of that 2019 season. But three years later, um, he's underpaid. And that's just the fact of the matter is he's underpaid. He's got two years left on his contract. Should the Raiders do something similar? Obviously, he's not going to get wide receiver money. We understand that. But when you look at the tight end market, Darren Waller is flat out underpaid. Um, nope. should, should the Raiders do right by him? And if you're Darren Waller, how are you feeling right about now? Yeah, they should absolutely do right by him. I don't think there's any question about it. Any like Darren Waller 
um, kind of helped. You know, he's one of the faces of the franchise, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. When he was healthy in 2020, I think especially during that last month and a half of the season, you really saw how dynamic of a player he can be. He's 29 years old. He's in his prime. He's 6'5", 260. He runs a 4'5". He checks all the boxes. Ultimate teammate, ultimate professional. Why wouldn't you want to make a commitment um, to a guy that, that quite frankly, has, has done nothing but handle his business on and off the field um, since he's been in Las Vegas and, and since he's been with the franchise? So uh, the, the risk, you, you, I think part of, part of what, you know, makes what, 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 what gives this offense and gives this, this team, I guess, moving forward with this window that they have, um, what, what, make, what gives them that potential is you don't just have a Devontae Adams. You have three guys that are elite at what they do. Darren Waller, elite tight end. Devontae Adams, elite on the perimeter and all over the field as a receiver. And then Hunter Renfro, uh, elite in the slot. You do what you can to keep that together as long as possible. And if I'm Darren Waller and I see the way that the cash is being handed out left and right and I see what Mark Andrews got, before he had his 1,300-yard season like he did last year, and I see what other tight ends around the league are getting and, and how they're getting taken care of, guys that are less productive than he is and, and less dangerous uh, in terms of the receiving game, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to get taken care of too. So uh, I, think, I think now, um, if you're the Raiders, is the time to do it because, you know, what if, what if there is a situation where he's looking around and he might want to change the scenery? Or what if there is a situation where he plays under this contract again this year and, and totally outperforms it, and is a you know thirteen hundred yard guy, and then you really gotta, you're really gonna have to to, to, to take care of him or figure out a situation in where he is gonna get taken care of. So if I'm Darren Waller, I want to get paid, and if I'm the Raiders, I figure something out because he's far too good. And, and with Devontae Adams on the team and with Hunter Renfro, this offense, I think, like we've talked about before, um, has a chance to be really special to be one of the more explosive offenses, uh, I think, in the NFL, top six, seven kind of potential. You have an offensive minded coach in Josh McDaniels that is you know going to be creative in how he puts this thing together and you want to get that taken care of and solidified to at least see what it looks like this year and next year so um, I'm, of the, I'm of the mindset you take care of him now because again the price of an elite tight end just like with every other player is only going up and he has earned uh, the money that that he you know probably certainly you know I would guess certainly wants uh, and it's and, and, and he deserves it. He definitely deserves it at this point in his career with what he's done. There's only so much leverage that uh, that players have. Uh, we're at a time of the season, or in the calendar, I should say, where you know maybe maybe Darren Waller could push some buttons um, to, to, to expedite uh, the process. If you're Darren Waller, are you thinking along those terms at all with the offseason program getting ready to start? Sure. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, you know, I, we, we understand you know, teams, have, teams want to do what's best for teams and players want to do what's best for players. And at the end of the day, it's ultimately up to, to both for both sides to look out for them um, and form these amical partnerships that lead to deep playoff runs and Super Bowls, et cetera, et cetera. But like you said, I mean, he, he, you, only, you only have leverage for so long, and NFL careers can be done in a heartbeat. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Somebody gets hit a certain way, you step the wrong way, and that's it. So if I'm Darren Waller, yeah, I'm trying to get every dollar I can right now. Now's the time to do so. Um, and, and, and you would at least hope to initiate – um, some conversations. And it, again, it wouldn't surprise me one bit um, if that were to happen, if things were to go that way because of everything um, we've just discussed. So yeah, I'm all about players when they have leverage for u- using it, getting, uh, t- getting taken care of, making sure that, you know, they're in a situation where they're happy and where they're comfortable and, and, and finding flexibility, you know, and, and as a result, uh, figuring something out with the team. I think there's something, you know, there, there's definitely uh, a situation ahead of, ahead of us where we can see that happen. And, and I, I get, again, I would, I would surmise, that he's definitely thinking that way, considering what we've seen around the NFL, the ways money, the way money is getting spent, and the standards 
the spending standards that we're seeing uh, as the salary cap continues to go up. We're talking to Sam Gordon, uh, the great sports columnist and enterprise reporter for the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can follow him at by Sam Gordon. Uh, Sam, you know, there's only one football to go around, um, and on any given play, only one guy is going to touch that ball too, the quarterback and whoever the ball goes to. Um, when you look at this Raiders offense now with Devontae Adams, with Darren Waller, with Hunter Renfro, with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are there enough footballs to go around, and do you think Josh McDaniels figures out a way to be able to disperse it in a way that everybody stays happy and content? Yeah, I think so, and I certainly think if you know again going back to our previous you know previous question, if guys are getting taken care of, they're a little bit more you know comfortable maybe maybe giving you know giving up some production. But yeah, I think there's a way. I mean, you, I think there's a way that these guys. I mean, certainly from a skill set perspective, um, they definitely complement one another. And I think what you're going to be able to see, uh, depending on you know contingent upon keeping everything together and keeping this thing together, uh, is an offense. Uh, that that can beat you at all three levels. That can beat you down the field. That can beat you over the middle. That can beat you underneath. Uh, and, and where guys are getting you know eight, nine, ten targets apiece with 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 that complement of skill position guys, I, I don't think there's any way um, you know they're not seeing at least an average of nine to ten targets uh, a pop. And then other receivers will get in um, where they fit in, and then you run the ball accordingly when 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 situations call for it. I'm not saying it's it's the easiest thing to do by any means, but. Uh, we've seen teams with, with a multitude of good offensive players have that balance. Think about the Cowboys a couple years ago with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, and even that was with a backup quarterback. There's, I don't think there's ever an issue um, with, with get, having too many skill position players. Like, figure that out. You know, get, get the talent, get the t- as many good players as you can, and then adjust accordingly um, in a way that, that keeps everybody happy. I do think it's possible. I'm not saying it's easy, uh, but it better be possible for the Raiders from their perspective because you have three – dynamic playmakers, you know, among the best in the NFL at what they do in their respective primes of their careers. Hunter Renfro, 26, entering his prime. Darren Waller and Devontae Adams, both 29. Like, they got to figure out and see what that looks like. And uh, maybe it leans, you know, certain matchups and certain coverages dictate that this guy's going to get the ball this game and, and so and so, uh, so on and so forward. Uh, but there's, it's, there's definitely a way to, to get it done, and, and that should be the expectation, is that those three guys are all integral parts of, of the offensive game plan and the schemes. Sam Gordon, how concerned, if any, are you with the offensive line? Yeah, I mean, I think, it's, I think there's legitimate reason for concern. I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily um, the end-all, be-all, per se. I think, you know, Cincinnati, if anything, proved that you can transcend offensive line, you know, poor offensive line play and, and almost win a Super Bowl with it. But at the end of the day, uh, the better the, the the offensive line is, of course, the better the offense is, and the chances increase uh, of a deep playoff run. I thought there was, you know, definitely some improvement on that unit uh, at towards the end of the regular season, and and for the most part, they, I mean, they certainly played well enough to to key a, a run into the postseason, and, and and the Raiders certainly handled their business at the end of the year. But I think it's you know it's, it's clearly well known now that this is a weakness, and you look at the pass rushing. And uh, around the division, what what the Chargers were able to do, what Denver um, was able to do, and again the Chiefs are the Chiefs. You're going to have to outscore them anyways. I think even without um, Tyreek Hill, that yeah, it's it's something you want to be mindful of. I, I, I still am of the mindset that the Raiders should add a veteran, a veteran on that offensive line at some point to compete, um, possibly for a starting job, and certainly to push uh, some, some of the young players. But it, you would figure that some of these young guys, Alex Leatherwood, John Simpson, you know, with a new staff. Um, with a new regime here, maybe sees things a little differently and can aid that development. I would expect the unit to be a little better um, than last year, even if they don't make a move. But it's still a unit where you're going to want some depth and you're going to want some comp- uh, you know, competition. And, again, I think 
if there's a place to, to go old or to go veteran, it's offensive line because offensive line offensive linemen have proven they can sustain high level play um, for a long time, be effective well into their thirties. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a flyer on. Um, you know, a veteran guard or tackle and seeing what he can bring to the table uh, come training camp. All right, Sam, I can't let you get out of here without talking a little bit of NBA. Uh, The Lakers did not make the playoffs. Um, I don't think anyone uh, would have predicted that at the beginning of the season, not with the talent that they uh, assembled. But, you know, um, as the season went on, and I know you could talk about injuries and whatnot, it became pretty obvious that this thing just wasn't working. And Mm -hmm. – so, so moving forward, if you were Rob Palenka, who maybe will be looking for a job here pretty soon, but if you're the general manager and you're making some moves, um, how do you get that thing sorted out? Is there is there anyone that's off limits at this point? Um, are you are is everything on the table? What would you do to kind of get this thing back uh, on track for the Lakers? Vinny, that's a great question. I think the first place where we start is LeBron James is eligible for a two year extension worth almost a hundred million dollars. If you're the Lakers. Do you want to offer him that extension after the season you just had and basically tie yourself um, to an aging LeBron and, and, you know, the next couple of years and you're going to have to sacrifice um, future assets in order to win? Or, or, and if you're LeBron, do you want to sign that? Do you want to sign that extension? That's going to be, I think that's going to really set the tone is does this deal get done or does it not get done? Do the Lakers offer it? Does LeBron sign it? All those things. Because if you have him in the fold and he commits, Look uh, to you long term or longer term. I think he's proven he can still, from an individual standpoint, play at a high level. He's going to need better teammates um, than he had this year. But that's the first domino to fall to me. I think beyond that, I don't think anybody um, is untouchable at this point, especially after the season they had. I would imagine that they're going to try and do whatever they can to, to move Russell Westbrook. Uh, that's it's a, it's a it's a hefty contract. Uh, but I think teams like maybe Indiana that might be committing to a rebuild would be able to move some of their deals. Oklahoma City can take back some salary. That, to me, feels like the first order of business. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Davis um, was on the training block, too. I don't think you know, I don't think it's necessarily a priority to move him, but I bet they take phone calls and whatnot. You, if LeBron commits, you want to recontend and reshape this roster in a way that is able to not only maximize his skill set, but, but also maximize the skill set of his teammates, bringing better complementary players in there it's, it's dicey it's, it's tough and it's not going to be easy because of the salary you have committed uh to those three guys for next season it's all about salary cap in the nba too just like it is the nfl uh but if if lebron commits and that's the route the organization wants to go you 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 reach you, you move the pieces accordingly and if not then maybe we're looking at a full-scale rebuild and, and this thing goes back to where it was a few years ago where you're focused on getting young players there's two ways it can go um, the extension, I think, will determine that, and, and uh, no doubt about it, regardless, either way that goes, this is one of the most underwhelming seasons in NBA history by singular franchise. Not what I expected, not what you expected, but the last, uh, the last year we are. So it feels like the, the championship two years ago was a long, long time ago, and I know for Laker fans that, that's, that's not the expectation. That's tough, and we'll see how this thing shakes out. Not at all, and I am in full uh, agreement. Uh, Sam Gordon, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. You know we truly appreciate it. Uh, we will talk to you down the road, my friend. All right, anytime, Vinny. Appreciate your patience. We'll talk soon. Take it easy. You got it. That was Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal bringing uh, the heat with the Raiders, with uh, Stephon Diggs, and, of course, with the Lakers. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday.